This is the Payback Time Podcast, where we interview driven individuals who have achieved or are well on their way to achieving financial freedom. We break down the steps required to generate leveraged income, including but not limited to stock investing, online business, traditional business, and real estate. Each episode breaks down the mistakes made, victories achieved, and the overall journey that led them to where they are today. Sean Tepper is your host, and here is today's episode. Sales is the lifeblood of a business, but selling online is much harder than selling in person or over the phone. When selling online, you can't read emotions, mirror behavior, or use body language to make the customer more comfortable. Selling online is a science, and even one wrong word can cause your prospects to run the other direction. My next guest has a wide range of life experience that has allowed him to have a deeper understanding of how people think, and he's applied this experience to writing engaging copy that converts hesitant prospects into paying customers. His specialties include Facebook ads, landing pages, sales letters, and email sequences. At the end of the interview, he provides some profound wisdom on psychology and how we can change our mindset to achieve even the most impossible goals. Please welcome Dan Matthews. Dan, how you doing? Excellent. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. This is going to be really a fun session. Absolutely. I can't wait to hear your backstory. So uh, without further ado, if you could go ahead and give the audience your career backstory and we'll go from there. Well, I started out, Sean, as a, uh, as a teacher. I have a background. My father was a, a building contractor. I left that as a fairly young man and went into teaching. I taught high school and college and university level for 17 years and I worked on getting my bachelor's degrees in physics and English. I focused on the sciences when I was teaching. Uh, when I left teaching in 1991, I went into chemical engineering, worked as a research chemist uh, for a, a chemical engineering company, uh, building chemical plants around the world, and was there for several years, and then went back into contracting. Had a contracting business and did home inspections and some other things, uh, then started some internet businesses and eventually ended up uh, be becoming a freelance writer. Uh, started writing early on. Actually, I've, I've been writing, I have with a degree in English, I did a lot of writing in college too, but uh, I've written three books. Uh, now I focus mostly on uh, web content, landing pages, uh, email sequences, and still do some writing uh, on the side for, uh, for my own reasons, journaling and so forth. But uh, have, have gone from, uh, as, as an investment, as things to bring in passive income, I, my goal initially was to set up an internet business that someone else could run, and that mm -hmm. uh, really didn't work out like I had hoped. <laughs> 
and I actually I tried three different times and uh, I was missing some some pieces of the puzzle I'm not sure what they were but it turned out that I, I thought that there were better ways to do it I've since uh, actually during my professional career was investing in um, mostly in mutual funds mm-hmm. but I more recently, I've become more interested in uh, passive income from real estate investments. And that's been my focus for the last several months, uh, getting a, a business, not a business off the ground, but getting investments off the ground that will bring in a steady um, inflation uh, friendly uh, passive income source. Gotcha. Okay. See, so we've, we've got a lot to unpack here. <laughs> you, you've got a, a lot of history, a lot of different careers. So just to get things straight here, you went from, you were a teacher for 17 years, you know, professor, or, you know, at different levels, you're high school, college, university, then you went into chemical engineering. And, and then you started three internet based businesses. And then you went into contracting home inspection, correct? Yes. I want to talk about the internet businesses a little bit there. And, and did you start like the first internet business while you were a chemical engineer? Or did you just leave that profession and just say, hey, I'm starting this new internet thing? The internet business opportunities when I was doing chemical engineering were pretty minimal. Uh, while I was doing chemical engineering, the first cell phones came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was, it was a while back. Um, and I, it was after I left chemical engineering, actually a, a couple of, it was while I was doing contracting that I started uh, an internet business, a Shopify business. My wife and I thought, well, this is a good uh, investment opportunity, uh, mostly investing time. Mm-hmm. I took some courses in uh, you know, how to do marketing, how to, how to write Facebook ads, uh, how to hook up with AliExpress and all the things that are necessary for setting up Shopify dropshipping store. I had some success, marginal success, but it wasn't enough to cover the, the bills the, uh, at, at home. Sure. Fortunately, my, my wife is a dentist, so I had a little bit of uh, leeway in terms of how much money had to be coming in. But we worked on it for about two years and finally figured it, there were better ways to do it. Uh, because of my background in chemical engineering, and I, I do have an interest in um, organic products and essential oils. I started working on some essential oil formulations and met up with a guy who uh, was or is a, a producer on the Universal Studios lot. And mm-hmm. he was s- setting up a business with uh, for bald guys, uh, oil products, uh, face serums, shampoos and things like that, but he was missing a sunscreen and we sat down and talked for a while. And I said, well, let's, uh, let's just make our own organic sunscreen because there, there really weren't any out there. Sure. And we worked for about six months on a, on a good formulation. I uh, went through all the SPF testing and uh, started producing a, an, a 100% organic sunscreen that was SPF 30. I had, you know, uh, 4,000 tubes made up as a test run. And again, we were missing a couple pieces of the puzzle and I'm, I'm still not sure what went south on that, but that was another internet based business, but it required also a lot of 
my time because I was mm -hmm. working on formulations. Uh, some of the products went well because we expanded from sunscreen into face serum and lip balms and uh, lotions and so forth. But I was making them all, and make, uh, setting up the formulations, and then we could get a uh, blender and filler to do the, the legwork on putting it together in bulk. I, that, that ended about six months ago. Okay. And, and just before then, my wife and I started looking into real estate investments. Uh, she, she had a couple rentals of her own. Uh, I had a rental of my own in addition to the primary residence. And we could see that there was a, an opportunity to make some money in real estate that was of a passive nature. What I didn't understand on that was it's not really a great idea to be the uh, the only person involved in your real estate business. Uh, if you own the home and you're renting, then you have to deal with the tenants, you have to deal with the repairs, you have mm -hmm. to deal with you know, all those things you have to do yourself. And typically that limits you to how much, how, how much real estate you can own and maintain. Because if you have five houses, you're working on houses all the time. Right. That's, that's really not a passive income. Uh, so we, we since have discovered uh, the um, intriguing areas of short-term lending for real estate, uh, uh, long-term long investment lending, uh, funds that are available for real estate development, and uh, things like turnkey rentals, which uh, to me uh, open a whole new door for true passive income. Right on. Okay. Before we dive into the real estate, and then I do want to talk about your, your services as well as a copywriter um, in a little bit. But with the internet businesses, just to jump back there, you had three. Now, we heard you had a Shopify store. You had another internet business that was focused on sunscreen. What was the third? The third was, an, was a business that dealt specific, specifically with essential oils. And my um, and what I wanted to do was was try to uh, really get involved with the therapeutic properties of essential oil blends. Mm -hmm. uh, the interesting thing was last last year, just about this time, after about a year and a half of uh, testing, I put a uh, an essential oil blend on Amazon, which is still available there, which was um, a it, it's an antimicrobial. It, I, I was looking at antioxidant properties, but I started using it for some other things like skin lesions and stuff like that. And it, and it really healed the skin lesions up quickly. I thought, well, this looks like it has some kind of antibacterial properties. And then I, um, I found that it had antifungal properties also. And I thought, well, this is really interesting. And, uh, and one uh, a day, uh, a couple years ago, I had a, started getting that scratchy throat like you get when you're starting to get a, a cold or the flu. Sure. And I took the essential oil blend, it was in a spray bottle, and sprayed a spray in the back of my throat, and the scratchy throat went away, and the cold never developed. Hmm. I thought, well, that's interesting, because colds and flus, of course, are caused by viruses. Yep. I told my wife about it. She got a scratchy throat a few weeks later. She tried it. It worked for her. I gave samples to several friends. It worked for all of them. And I thought, okay, this is, this is really interesting. And 
about a little over a year ago, I, I started doing some research to see if there was any, any actual science behind it as a, as a science person and found uh, half a dozen papers that were printed on the National Institutes of Health site, uh, research that had been done as far back as the 1990s, showing that all of the different papers dealing with different essential oil blends, but the point was they all of the essential oils that were in the blend that I had formulated had shown to be had been shown to be effective against bacteria, fungus, hmm. and viruses, and they were in vitro tests. They they hadn't done you know big clinical trials or anything like that, but I. Uh, I, and and they but they were shown to be effective against things like H1N1, which was the the flu that came out yep. about ten years ago, and it was a big pandemic that they didn't really call a pandemic back then. And I thought, well, this sounds like it might be something that would be useful for uh, for the cold season, cold and flu season. So I put it on Amazon, and then last February, when the when the coronavirus got started as they called it then the novel coronavirus mm -hmm. i i i thought well this is really really an interesting time but what i found was the product which had been on amazon since october what i was now the target for all these people that saying you're just scamming and trying to make money off other people's misery and blah 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 and i thought well this is crazy because this was there was no such thing as the novel coronavirus right and this was introduced to Amazon. So I stopped advertising on Facebook because I was getting way too much uh, negative feedback. Sure. And the product is still available and people buy it on occasion. But uh, that was my other venture into internet marketing was, was a, an antiviral, not antiviral, but antimicrobial essential oil blend. Let's take a quick commercial break. Have you ever lost money in the stock market? You either listened to someone you know, heard a comment on the news, or tried to follow a trend. Yeah, I think we've all been there. Most people lose money in the stock market because they make decisions based on emotions. What if you could remove emotions from investing? What if you could make consistent returns in the stock market based solely on logic? And what if there's a software that handled that logic for you? Introducing Ticker, a platform that helps you reduce risk, save money, and invest confidently. Before Ticker launched, it was backtested through the 2008 recession. Here are the surprising results. In 2008, the market dropped by 38%. Ticker was up 24%. In 2009, the market went up by 23%. Ticker was up 72%. And in 2010, the market went up by 12%. Ticker was up 96%. I then backtested Ticker from 1999 through 2019, and Ticker has proven to beat the market every year. The lowest return was 10%, and the highest return was 96%. Get started today with a free trial. Visit ticker.pro. That's T-Y-K-R.pro. Again, ticker.pro. So I've heard people doing the dropship model, which is, you know, you buy from China or somewhere overseas a cheaper product, and then you sell it here and you know you have a market price um, so that's one model so i see what you did there with that shopify store then in the others i see your chemical engineering background coming into play making an actual or engineering an actual chemical right it's uh that's no easy feat 
Um, what I found is with any kind of internet business, whether you're selling a physical product or if you have a, uh, like a SaaS, a software as a service, it, it's like you want to try to get to your, your prototype with the least amount of effort, like from time, money, the whole deal, and try to get a whole bunch of people using it and then get their reviews before you really start spending any time and money. If you get there before you expend that time and money and you get great feedback, then you're in a good position. But I, I've, um, I've been there before where I, I come up with an idea, I do some soft testing in the market and then kind of go to launch and I do, businesses, uh, they never went anywhere. <laughs> um, it's tough. It's really tough. Yeah, it's the, uh, and the drop shipping, you know, if you, if you listen to Adrian Morrison or some of the people that are drop shippers, mm-hmm. you know, they're making $300,000 a month, grossing $300,000 right. a month. But, uh, you know, the sales are, are up there for the people who have it figured out and they have a team of VAs that are doing, really doing all the work. <clears throat> and then uh, the person who's, who owns the store really does have a passive source of income because they've got a couple dozen VAs that are, that are doing mm-hmm. all of the advertising and uh, keeping up on, the, on the, all of the paperwork that has to go out to the, the drop shipping companies. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot more work than people really think about the, you know, these gurus are all over the internet selling, Hey, get into FBA fulfillment by Amazon and, and these drop shipping businesses. And, and it's, it's really competitive. You know, a lot of products are competitively priced and then, you know, your margins, I've heard people talk about, you know, your margins are about seven to 10% at most. Um, so it's a high volume, low margin business, but yeah, if you refine the right product and even before that, if you can get a ton of reviews up front to get your product prioritized in Amazon, um, then you're, then you've got a higher probability of success. And then in the organic world, not Amazon, if you're just using your Shopify site, what I've heard is. You've got to, and you were doing Facebook ads, so I want to learn about that a little bit, but you know, you got to be really good at SEO, getting your, your website ranking higher. Um, and then it's the ads, the omni-channel ads. So doing Facebook, try to get YouTube as well. Um, you know, LinkedIn ads is starting to pick up a little bit. So try to think about multiple channels. What did you, what did you think your, um, your learning experience was from this? Like, what would you have done different? Well, I think one, I, there were some things I did in, in kind of a reverse sequence because I've been a, I've been a writer for mm-hmm. a long time. And I thought, well, writing Facebook ad is just writing. But uh, Facebook ads really, uh, it's more like writing haiku or something. You know, it's something that has to have, it has a very strict form. Uh, there are certain words you can't use. There are certain right. images you can't, you can't post. Uh, and uh, it's it's different than than SEO, which is things like if you're writing a blog or you're you're writing a, a B2B article or something like that, and you want that to be found, and um, that that's a different technique. But Facebook ads have to be follow this very restrictive format in order to even get accepted, and I didn't know that. So I was getting all kinds of things bumped out, or I, or I'd have a Facebook ad that would 
seemed fine to me, but didn't get any traction. Mm -hmm. and, and there were things that I didn't realize about um, how to frame the, the writing to, so that the, the headline causes the person to want to read the next line, and that makes them want to read the next line. The engagement, the, the customer engagement to end up with a, with a click-through um, is, a, is a technique that has to be learned. And I've, I've since taken actually uh, almost two years of classes dealing with, specifically with, with copywriting for the internet. And, and there are slightly different techniques if you're writing for Instagram. And of course, it's different if you're writing something for a chat bot uh, or if, you, if you're trying to get people to engage through long form or uh, video sales scripts. Uh, there, there are some different techniques, but the general principles are, are the same. And had I known that before I started Shopify, it would have been a totally different um, out, you know, the outcome would have been different, I'm sure. Yep. You are, you're hitting on a, a, a really important subject because I've run into the same issue. It, there is a science to the copywriting for an online business. It's not only the ads and you were, you are just getting to the surface there of your headline leads to your subheadline, and then your call to action. Everything is like, it has to be absolutely perfect in order to get a click. It's not just like you throw something up there. It's, it's crazy. And I haven't done as much uh, education as you on that subject. But then, then when you get to the landing page, there's more science there. Like your, your landing pages and your copy and how that's formatted, whether it's short form or long form, um, and, and leading up to that call to action. Because it's, you know, the people in there in the world who are familiar with sales you know, they're talking to somebody so you can read body language and you can, you can feed off the conversation and you can um, use power persuasion and all these little tools. But with the internet, a site, an ad, everything has got to do that work for you. And you have to know, you have to know your avatar. You have to be talking to your avatar. You're not just talking to the general public. You're talking to a specific group of people. Mm -hmm. and, and the goal is to get those people to respond. Anybody else who's not going to be your, your customer, you don't want, even want them to click through because you're paying for clicks. Right. So you want to attract the people that are your, your clients, your customers, and you want to essentially repel everybody else. And what they, <laughs> there's a real trick to that. And I, and, and now I, you know, I'm, I'm doing copywriting as a, as my job right now, uh, in addition to uh, real estate investments, but I, as a copywriter, uh, I can look now at a, at a landing page and contact the person that owns the landing page and say, Hey, you know, how would you, how would you like it if I rewrote your landing page for free? Mm -hmm. And they would say, well, okay, you know, show me what you've got. And, and I'll send it to them and they will, they will pay me. <laughs> they will pay me for it. So this is great. And, and they start seeing, and, and there's, um, there, there are a lot of other things like in a Facebook ad uh, with the split testing that was something that was, well, what's split testing? Right. Sometimes it's just the change, the changing of a word sequence, two words, one after the other, uh, if you switch them around, you get a difference in the click-through rate. 
because it flows in people's minds differently than it flows, uh, you know, as you're reading it or as you're writing it. What seems logical to me, if I, especially if I go back and read it aloud, I go, oh, okay, I see I need to change this sentence around a little bit, or there are too many words in this sentence. I wouldn't read it if, I, if it was me. Mm -hmm. And so there are some real fine points to good copywriting that makes the difference between somebody getting uh, $100 in sales in a month and somebody getting $10,000 in sales with just some minor changes in the copy. It, it is incredible. Yeah. It, let's dive into your copywriting service a little bit here. Can you talk about what kind of uh, customers are you serving? They're strictly internet-based businesses or you serve... Um, your standard brick and mortar businesses, Who, who's your general customer? There, there are some brick and mortar businesses primarily in healthcare, uh, dentists, chiropractors, uh, physical therapists, those kinds of people who, uh, you know, they, it used to be that healthcare people never advertised. Same with lawyers. You really can't do a Facebook ad about car crashes and whiplash. It would, it just doesn't, it just doesn't, it's not, it's not Facebook compliant because it's bringing up dramatic images. But you can uh, do it through emails. And so you write, an, you write a sequence of emails, and I've done this for chiropractors, a sequence of emails that introduce the, the subject of whiplash. And then uh, the, the first out of a sequence of, say, 10 emails, the first six are just giving information about what happens, how do you feel, what's your pain level, how can you, what can you do at home, uh, you know, who should you contact, what are your legal rights, those kinds of things. And then you can bring in a real subtle CTA at the end that says, uh, if you're interested in finding out more or getting help right away, here's, here's a number you can call for the best chiropractor in Boston. Got it. Nice. And then about the seventh email is more focused toward uh, the CTA is a, is a big deal. You're, you're talking, you talk more about, you've given, you've given benefits, you've given, uh, given valuable information w without asking for anything. And then the seventh, eighth, ninth emails, you'll uh, talk about the benefits of getting professional chiropractic help through this clinic and uh, click here for more information or fill out this survey, what, what's your pain level right now and focus on the pain, focus on the solution, uh, you know, all the things you would do in a normal sales letter. Got it. So just to or summarize here, you're, you're providing in a copywriting service to write an email sequence. And that could be like, you just went over like a one to nine example. So nine emails, first six are really focused on providing value or help, not asking for anything. And then that, that uh, seventh, eighth, and ninth, that's kind of like the, the cell, if you will. Is that correct? Correct. And, and the, and you want the, the first seven emails, six emails to be engaging informative and people see that they're getting value there it's something that they're interested in because they're whiplash patients um, the the next ones are talking about the benefits of the practice the the benefits they will receive it's all about the it's all about the customer and in a the, the chiropractor the first one that i was working with had um, a landing page that just talked about how much how much uh, education he'd had and how much he knew and how much 
how many patients were really happy with what he'd done. It was all about me, me, me. And if, if I read that subliminally, even if I thought it was interesting, I would go, well, this guy's just talking about himself and talking mm-hmm. about the features of his practice, not about what's in it for me. What's, why, why, right. should I, why should I go there? I'm going to go there because I'm in pain and he's offering a solution. He's offering a benefit, not that, he, that I, I don't care what he knows. I want to know that he cares. Got it. So you're writing the, you know, I'm just kind of laying out examples here, email sequences, um, writing copy for websites, and you're able to write copy for advertising like Facebook ads. Right. Got and it. A, lot okay. of, a lot of those, a lot of those uh, emails can be, can be uh, parsed or cut down and used as Facebook ads with just a little bit of change in them with the same information, but just change slightly to be Facebook compliant. Uh, the the other thing that um, that I've written for for several years have written uh, ads for dentists that uh, go into a, to a print ad like a uh, either a newspaper or a, the little uh, local shoppers that people read and uh, it it tells an interesting story like did did you know it, it they all start with did you know and I've got hundreds of them basically. Uh, did you know the most famous American dentist was an outlaw? I did not know that. Yeah, Doc Holliday. Yes, was, was a dentist so. was a dentist in Atlanta who left and went to and went to Tombstone. I actually went to to New Mexico and Texas. Met Wyatt Earp in Texas, and they ended up in Tombstone, Arizona, at the gunfight at the OK Corral. Doc Holliday wasn't a doctor. He was a dentist. I did not know that. I'm thinking back to the movie Tombstone where Val Kilmer plays Doc Holliday. Doc Holliday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was, he was a, you know, he was a, a rowdy guy, uh, but he, he made his living as a dentist. And in those days, dentists could also be surgeons. So he, he did surgery, you know, broken bones and so forth. Mm-hmm. But, he was, but his training was as a dentist. Anyway, they, it, it's just a little short ad that takes about 30 seconds to read. But while you're reading it, it's a split ad where, where one side is this interesting little story. And the other side is, uh, you know, Dr. Smith, uh, general dentist, ask us about implants. You know, we'll, we'll help you, you know help you beat your whole body become more healthy or whatever those, their logo happens to be, their tagline. Uh, and they spend, instead of two seconds looking at the ad of a dentist, I don't, I'm not interested in that, they'll spend 30 seconds looking at it. So subliminally, they have spent 15 times more time on that end than, than they would have if it, was, if it was just an ad saying, come to our office. That's impressive. That, that really shows the engagement you're getting from your audience or, or your customer's audience and that you're speaking to those customers' needs, like their pain points and you're hitting on them. They can't stop reading because it's like, oh, you're hitting on that point and I see you're hitting right. on that point. And, right. yeah. and yeah, you can, and you can, you know, you can talk about how uh, everybody, everybody knows about Novocaine. Well, did, did you know that Novocaine hasn't been used since 1959? Wow. Yeah, it's like, wow. Or that the toothbrush was invented in China 3,000 years ago. 
uh, there, it, it, anyway, there's a whole sequence of ads and I, and I sell the, the entire sequence yep. to a dentist who wants to have something that they can run in, in the local, in their local print ads. And, and they produce results. People go, I love those little stories, have told me that. Let's take a quick commercial break. Do you wish you would have bought some stocks earlier? Imagine buying Amazon for $125 in 2010. Today, Amazon is over $2,500. Imagine buying Facebook for $25 in 2013. Today, Facebook is over $200. Imagine buying Netflix for $60 in 2014. Today, Netflix is over $400. Do you feel like you find out about great stocks too late? What if you could find great stocks before they become mainstream news? And what if a software found those stocks for you? With Ticker, you can find great stocks before what feels like the rest of the world finds out. Does this sound too good to be true? Check this out. Ticker was backtested from 1999 through 2019 and has proven to beat the market every year. The lowest return was 10% and the highest return was 96%. Get started today with a free trial. Visit ticker.pro. That's T-Y-K-R.pro. Again, ticker. Dot pro. You've got a great history, a background history. Would you say that history has, has done a lot of favors for you to help your customers like quickly learn their businesses and understand what they do? I, I think so. I, I love to learn anyway. And one of the things I really like is learning the language of the business. So if I go into a, um, a dental office and and want to pitch a, a program i can i can talk the dental language i know the difference between an occlusal surface and a, a you know an interproximal area <laughs> and and there there are special words uh, and I, i'll tell you a, a funny story when i i was younger and i was looking for firewood i was a teacher but i i had a, a wood cook stove or a wood stove at home wood heater and there was a log yard just half a mile from the house, lumber, a log where they bring logs in for processing for, uh, for the logging industry. And I went back there one day right out of school. So I had my, my sport coat on and my tie and I walked into the, the staff room, which was just a bunch of loggers in their logging gear. And they looked at me like I dropped off a of Jupiter and I asked them if I, if I could come out back and cut some some logs, cut some firewood. And they said, no, they don't allow anybody back there. And I thought, no, I know that I've seen somebody cutting. So the next the next week I went back, I had my logging clothes on and I walked in and I asked him, I, I said, is, is Paul around? And yeah, yeah, I'm Paul. Hey, Paul, I was wondering, I drove in in an old pickup and so I was wondering if I can usually, literally talking like I was from Arkansas, I was wondering if I could come out here and cut some of them, some of them logs back in the back for some firewood. And he said, Oh yeah, go back and talk to Shorty. He'll set you right up. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> know same, your audience. He was the same guy that I had talked to a couple of weeks earlier who said that nobody was allowed back there. That's brilliant. Know your audience, right? Yeah. You gotta, you gotta know your audience. <laughs> I'll use that one. That's great. All right, because I'm—I imagine you show up in a suit and tie, and you got a nice photo here 
as we're on Zoom, and you show up and ask him to cut firewood, huh, move along, sir. Um, what I'd like to do is, I know in the email you mentioned, you want to talk about mindset a little bit. Could you talk about that? Well, I think that um, for me, mindset really has to do with achieving goals. And the most important thing in goal setting, and it doesn't matter who you listen to, who the personal development teachers are, but the most important thing in setting a goal is first of all, you have to have a desire. You have to want something and you have to really want it more than anything else. The second thing is you can't just wish for it. They talk about the law of attraction and all mm -hmm. this stuff, which is, which is a, a true law, but it's often mis, uh, misconstrued because it takes work. You, you have a desire. You have something that you really, really want. And if you can imagine yourself having already achieved it, how does that make you feel? The, the real secret is focusing on the feeling of having achieved your desire, having achieved your wish, having fulfilled your dream. It's the feeling that causes things to start moving in the universe to make it actually come, in, come into being. But you also have to get, take some action. You have to get after it and you have to do it with passion, intensity, and persistence. You have to keep, stay focused. You can't let yourself get sidetracked down some other path that takes you down a rabbit hole. It takes you into some other total dark mm -hmm. place that you have to stay focused on your goal. And not just focused on your goal, but you have, to, you have to stay focused on the feeling of already having achieved your goal. And then things start happening that seem to be coincidences, uh, synchronicities, things that uh, you meet somebody who just happens to be interested in the same thing you're interested in or knows somebody that you start chatting and say, hey, I know a person who you should talk to. And it turns out that's exactly the person, the kind of person that you wanted to talk to. And it's not coincidence. It's the, it's the way things work to make things happen in the world. And if you look back to any of the great um, inventors, Thomas Edison or any, any and Nikola Tesla is kind of over, over talked, but Nikola mm -hmm. Tesla was one also. The, the great inventors, uh, Steve Jobs, people who have done things that seem to be impossible did it by following, maybe not even consciously following, but following those same steps of having a desire, knowing that you can achieve it, getting rid of all the doubt in your mind and taking action to make it happen. It's like the cell phone, all the parts of the cell phone, all the, all the components of a cell phone have been here since the earth was formed, but it took somebody with the, um, with the, the persistence to uh, get together the teams, to keep, the, keep focused on the, the final product and actually come up with something you can hold in your hand now that is, is basically better than the computers they had 50 years ago. Right.
Right. No, that's, that's a good point. Um, that's good uh, perception too, as we've always had the resources available. Um, it's just taking time to, it's, it's generations of knowledge transfer and advancing, pick up where others left off, keep advancing and believing, believing without a doubt you can achieve it. What triggered your interest in this kind of thought process? The reason I ask that is a lot of people getting their mindset in this place is not easy. Most people don't arrive there. What was your trigger point? Well, most of us aren't taught that. We're taught that, you know, to get a, to make money, you have to get a good job. You have to go to school. You have right. to you know, have a boss. I mean, we're, we're taught to be worker bees. But that was never the intention of the universe that we're all worker bees. The, the nature of the universe is that it's expanding. And the nature of, of us is that we are expanding, although most of us have shut down those, those channels. So, we're, so we end up being stuck in uh, a work-a-day, worker-bee kind of world. But that's, that's just what we've been taught. And what the reality is, is a, a very different um, scenario than what we've, what we've lived our whole lives. And I, I started thinking that even when I was relatively young, I started, mm-hmm. making, I started making surfboards when I was 15 years old. When I was 17, 18 years old, I started making surfboards. And... I'm 71 now, and I have made surfboards, about a thousand surfboards for, for surfers made them commercially. During this whole time that I was teaching and doing other stuff, I always had a surfboard shop where I was making boards for local surfers. And the, um, the whole idea of making surfboards was just an idea. And when I started thinking, and I didn't know anything about the law of attraction, I didn't know anything about think and grow rich or anything like that. But I did know that if I thought about something and put my mind to it, it would, it would happen. I built a house that was just a drawing that I had on a piece of paper and a lot of sweat equity and ended up having a house to live in. Mm-hmm. And it's a, just another example of how, how that process works. Right. Right. I will definitely have you on uh, again, because I want to deep dive mindset on its own. I think we could spend an entire episode on that and really the, the science behind it, the thought process. Um, it's pretty cool stuff. I think a lot of people are afraid to set large goals because they're afraid they will fail against those goals. Um, I actually hear that a lot. People don't want to don't want to set them too big because they they don't want to fail. What are your thoughts on that? We have a little voice inside of a nobody in your family's ever gone to college. You know, I mean, the the list of things goes on and on and on, and we're filled with those ideas since the time we're toddlers, to the point where they become part of our personality, and it's time to take a take a look at that and see what what of those things have I learned and what of them are, which of them are actually true? Cause it turns out it takes just as much energy to believe something as to not believe it. True. Good point. 
Well, overall, you provided a lot of great content. I know we didn't dive into detail with real estate investing, but I, I actually think the more important part of this episode is the mindset. Um, I mean, real estate investing is definitely a hot topic. Um, I definitely recommend it. We could save that for another episode in itself, but I think mindset is uh, uh, the wisdom you kind of brought to us was uh, really worth, worth its weight in gold. Thanks. Yep. So let's hit the rapid fire round here. Give me a second as I scroll down. All right. So if you could try to answer each question in 15 seconds or less, you ready? Wow. Okay. <laughs> this is a surprise. Okay. 15 the, seconds. The, this is, well, I will say this, this is the, point of the episode where we get to know who Dan really is. <laughs> 15 seconds or less. Here we go. What is your favorite podcast? I, I can't answer that. You don't listen to podcasts, really? I do listen to podcasts, but I can't think of, I can't think of a favorite. Uh, April Mahoney. Okay. What's it about? Uh, it's a general uh, podcast that deals with people that are doing interesting things. All right, next one. What is a recent book you read and would recommend? Neville Goddard, The Power of Awareness. All right, what is your favorite movie? Wow, Gladiator. Good choice. All right, next one is what is your favorite food? Uh, homemade pesto with homemade fettuccine and sautéed chicken breasts with steamed broccoli. Ah, you're a chef. Yeah. Love to cook. <laughs> Love to cook. I can relate. That's great. All right. How many hours do you work per week? 60. Okay. But you work for yourself. So there you go. All right. How many hours do you sleep each night? About eight or nine. That's pretty good. There we go. Most of the people I interview are below eight, believe it or not. No, I and I and I'm always up before six. I often am up just after five. Gotcha. An early riser. Good. All right. What is your workout regimen? I have a circuit that I do that has to do with um, with hand weights and push ups and sit ups and uh, ab ab workout. Typically takes about twenty minutes every morning. Good for you. Nice. All right, and last question here. If you could go back in time to give your younger self advice, what age would you visit and what would you say? 18 years old, mm -hmm. and I would say keep your eyes open for possibilities. That's the right attitude. There you go. All right, Dan, I'm going to hand it over to you. Where can people reach you? I have a website. It's called danrmatthews.com. There's an email associated with that website that is prosperity at danrmatthews.com. That's great. All right, Dan. Well, really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks so much, Sean. It's been a pleasure, and I look forward to another time. Thanks for listening to the Payback Time Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please provide a review on iTunes. If you'd like to hear an interview from someone specific, please make a comment on the Payback Time Facebook page. If you're interested in becoming an affiliate and earning 30% reoccurring commission for Simply Sharing Ticker, visit ticker.pro slash affiliates. 
Remember, this show is for entertainment purposes only. If you heard any stock mentioned on this podcast, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. This show is copyright protected by payback time. Written permission must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting. Don't believe in anyone, I believe I'm self-made, yeah.